Can you hear me now? That's you, Ken? Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Ken Johnston, Sr.? Uh-oh, he dropped off. Okay, well, I guess he'll call back. Hello, everybody. Welcome aboard, all you ground troops spinning around smartly. Uh, we had everybody on, and it dropped. So <laughs> you probably are just fiddling around there. We're connecting uh, with American Communications Online. Thank you very much. Stand by. I think he's calling in on the wrong phone. Whoops. I've got so many here. Hold on. Hold on. Hi, Ken. Which which line are you on? Okay. No, right now you're on my home number. Can you call me back on you dropped. Call me back on 347-945-7207. Okay, thank you. Okay, let's see. It's a good thing I keep all these phones around. They come in handy. I've got about three cell phones sitting here, but he's he's trying to figure out which one is the radio show. And I apologize for that, but he was on here. He just thought, uh, I guess he couldn't hear. So let's try him one more time, Uh, 845. uh, Well, no. Uh, Ken calling, well, hold on, folks. Ken's been a pilot in the U.S. Marines since 1962, and he took his honorable discharge in 1966. But he joined three other pilots working on the Apollo Lunar Module at NASA Houston, Texas, where I was back in the day, and he was. And we're going to be discussing uh, the whistleblowing act, and uh, if we, either one of us will fill it up or anybody else out there that wants to listen. But uh, let me get him on here. Hold on here. And uh, you can read the rest online. Is this Ken Johnston Sr.? Can you hear me now? I hear you loud and clear. How am I coming through? Okay, great, great. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in, Ken Johnston. And uh, we had him last night, but we're going to continue where we left off. 
and he's received uh, three BS degrees, so you're full of it, aren't you, Ken? And two doctorate degrees. <laughs> How's that worked out for you, Ken? Does <laughs> it worked out good? Yes, it does. Well, well, I've enjoyed getting to know you and enjoying uh, sharing time with you. And, you know, I was getting tired of uh, just writing tons of books and not getting anywhere. So I thought I'd try one with you and bring you on and see if we can't work out some differences. Now, tonight, let me see what this wound up. I didn't have a T in your name. I'd go back and finish that. But, folks, tonight we're going to start a series with... Ken, and uh, this is going to be called About Traveling with Extraterrestrials with Ken Johnston, Sr., and myself, Teresa J. Morris. So welcome aboard, all you ground troops. We appreciate your boots on the ground. And, uh, Ken, I gave a little bit while you it said dropped off, so I had to swap phones real quick and mill about smartly, as we said, in the military. But you were Marines, and I worked with the Marines as a medic corpsman. I was a corpsman in the Navy, but I wore all uniforms. Uh, thanks to my first uniform was Navy, but then went to Lowry Air Force Base, then it was Air Force. And then it was uh, Navy again, and then they put me in black pajamas and stuck me out in the U.S. Army training with the Army in the field. And uh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And then when I went to Hawaii, they stuck me over on the other side of Kanyewe Bay and it said we were 13 recons. And, and I didn't even know what that meant, but I soon found out. <laughs> But it's fun, and I've enjoyed uh, working. And the Marines, my brother was Marines and uh, second class and worked over in Paris Island training people, and I know you didn't know all that. So now we're going to get to have you talk a little bit, Ken. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I've got a a lot of your little bio here that uh, you shared with me, but not enough. So we're going to hopefully know people can go back to 95. I've got tags, ETUFO, disclosure, whistleblowers, NASA and Space, Ken Johnson, T.J. Morris, E.T. Radio, and Teresa J. Morris for right now. And I did throw it up on Facebook. So, Ken, just give us a basic rundown, and then uh, for anybody that doesn't know who you are. So go ahead, please. Okay, be glad to. But first of all, I have to clear up one thing. As you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. So, I, you know, I'd lose my standing if I didn't say that. But I'm also very active with the the Air Force right now, is the auxiliary of the Air Force and doing with the uh, cadets and the Civil Air Patrol. And, and uh, uh, anytime there's a national disaster going on or what have you, we're up in airplanes and getting down and low and getting pictures and looking for rescuing and stuff like that. So I'm still very active with the military. Now, uh, background on me. Wow, when I got out of the Marine Corps in 1966, I was fortunate that my brother, Dr. A.R. Johnston, was working at the Johnson Space Center in Houston. It was a manned spacecraft center at that time. And he said, uh, kind of like what Buzz Aldrin said, you know, get get your ass to Mars. In this case, he said, get your ass down to, to NASA in Houston. And I got down at the time, you know, I had um, I had my civilian pilot license in. I, I got my, my first uh, training as a pilot in the Marine Corps. And um, so I went to work down at NASA uh, with the Grunt. Well, I had offers. My goodness. When you go from what your your rank and your pay is in the military and you compare it to what a, an engineer, which uh, was aerospace engineer, is in the civilian world, <clears throat> it is a big difference. It was back then anyway. So um, I had offers from uh, Martin Marietta, from, uh, gosh, uh, well, the main one that counted was Grumman because Grumman built the lunar module and they needed to have um, civilian astronauts 
to uh, train and learn every system within the lunar modules and uh, test it in the vacuum chambers there at the Johnson Space Center and then turn around and assist the training of the regular NASA astronauts. So that was that was kind of my big start. And it wasn't, um, I guess, the best thing to say is as you get it more involved in the government, which you, I'm sure you know, TJ, about the government, um, you you get privy to things that you look at and you say, you know, I've got to check that stuff out a little bit more. But then you get laid off. If you're a contractor like we were, you get laid off every three years and you have to find a new job, a new position. But working um, uh, at the with Grumman, as soon as we finished landing on the moon with Apollo 11, um, I had shifted over to the Lunar Receiving Laboratory and became the director of the Data and Photo Control Department, which meant I had access to um, all the original 8x10 pictures, the film, uh, the communications, everything that went on before it got to be doctored. And as the years went by, those people who request copies of certain pictures and things, you would be amazed at what you cannot find in the pictures that you're, you're given. And if you get a hold of and, and this, this is something else. I'm going to give my mother credit for this. Being, she said, you know, if, if you have something you think is important, hang on to it because it might be important to some other people someday. Well, whenever we started shutting down the <clears throat> the Apollo program, and uh, I had like five sets of all the pictures and, and stuff for scientists from around the world that would come in and pick up samples from the, the moon, and then they would have us um, – uh, well, we'd take those, and then they would want to have uh, the copies of the pictures. Thing. So I had five sets uh, all the time in filing cabinets inside my office in the data photo control department. And then uh, I got contacted. My, my supervisor came in, and he says, okay, we need to get rid of all but one set. I said, okay, can I send them some to the universities that have science departments? He said, no, just get rid of them. And, and I said, well, but, but uh, you know, we pay for these with our, our tax money. They're important. He said, I don't care what you do. Just get rid of them. And I took that exactly as he said. He didn't care what I did. So I put three out of five sets. I put three sets in the Dempsey dumpsters. I put one set in a duffel bag, and I put left one set in the filing set in the filing cabinet. And that night when I went home, I took the duffel bag with me, and I put it in storage for years. And then um, – we finally got up a C. Well, I, I left NASA in 1980 and went to work for the Grumman Corporation. It became a 737 flight instructor for for Boeing, excuse me, Boeing Company. And then uh, uh, along about 1995, I was listening to the radio, and this gentleman by the name of Richard C. Hogan was talking about uh, – the Mars and moon and, and uh, pictures and things. He says, there's bound to be people out there that have pictures and some proof and things of these, and they need to come forward now while they're still alive. And I thought, well, that's, that's interesting. Okay. So I put together a little letter of introduction. He was in town in Seattle, Washington that night. And I um, went down to there and went up and, to pay my uh, ticket to get into the program they were presenting. And I handed it to the lady, and she read my introduction and said, you know, I was what I did and that I had this. She, Her hand started to shake, and she says, well, you're who we've been looking for. And I'm thinking, I am in trouble now. But a few minutes later, Mr. Hogan came out, and he says, that's great. Come on, we're, we're going to talk. And so the next day, uh, after his program, the next day, he came over to my house and, and then exposed what they call Ken Johnston's archive. And um, uh, it was two days later, he, he shipped me on a plane to Washington, D.C. for a conference they had and where we had the press from all over the world, and we came forward for the first time with documents and proof that we actually had. Uh, there were alien bases or bases on the moon, and 
documents and records on that as well as the communications. So that kind of got me to where I'm at now. And fortunately, I was far smart enough to to put a complete copy of the whole set with the uh, Roswell um, a UFO Research Center and Museum. And that's where they reside today and nice and safe. And people from around the world have access to go and look and see what the, the real pictures and the real evidences are. So we're making progress of getting disclosure out to the world. Kind of that puts me up to where you're at now. I know somebody's on the other line. Testing one, two, three, four. Hello. Oh, hello, hello, hello. I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. So. No. All right. I've got to watch that mute button. I guess I can take me offline and call back in then. Uh, I know what. Did I not turn this one on? I thought I did. I've got to use Can you hear me okay? Is there no problem with this phone? You hear me fine? I hear you fine. Okay. Well, you, I'll get on that phone. I'll ha- Yeah, I'll just call back in on the other one. I didn't know. I was testing out one of my brand new uh, E5 or 16, whatever, a new phone. Anyway, all right. Yes, we'll work on that because, uh, yes, that sounds great. Now, uh you put together something, and you've come forward since then. Tell us about the uh, – well, I don't know where I want to start. There's so many topics, uh, Ken. Uh, with us coming together, I know you did a couple of shows with me. People may remember Ken Johnston and uh, put some pictures here for people. <clears throat> and uh, I've got to get everything back up for 2019. It's been very costly to have all the websites and things we've had. Now that I need – need them and helping get Ken and we're going to talk about our books but uh, you know it's about getting the message out and since I lost all the first show I built up while you and I were talking and had to scramble and just put up a couple of small pits, bits of our bio let me I lost everything that we talked about so we're going to have to start all over again so <laughs> with your about traveling and uh, you had some topics you wanted to discuss tonight you have been on some panels, or at least speaking. Have you been on panels with other people since '95, or just strictly a, a speaker at at these UFO conferences? Tell me about those, because I've never been to one, and uh, I'm 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 virgin. So tell me what goes on at these UFO conferences. Well, um, yeah, I've actually been to about a dozen more. Uh, ever since 1995, there, there was a long drought, I guess, between uh, 95 and 2000. And Ooh, you're making a lot of noise. Really? Well, I'm not. Now you're not. Around. <laughs> How strange. Anyway, um, I didn't do much between 1995 and 2007. Uh, two, no, yeah, 2007. And that's when I went to the National and came forward. Yeah, I hear the noise too. Oh, you keep fading in or out. Is it your phone, maybe? No, I don't think so. Sure. I've got uh, plenty. I have plenty of power. Let's see. Okay, I guess just. All right, how's this? Is this going to work? That I'm sounds better. Okay. Yeah, I had the speaker on, and that probably probably did a little bit of that. So, okay. Um, oh, I was picking I was up a lot more background, so this makes it more direct. Into the okay. mic, I think. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you for that. You may have told it up to your ear, but now we can hear you a little better, not so much background. That's a All great right. thing. 
All right. Now, let's okay. say, uh, I just for real quickly, I just want people to understand there are places they can meet people such as yourself, and they call them UFO conferences or something to that effect. So uh, right. you can be just sort of, if you will, throw in a couple of advertisements for the ones you've been in are the ones you would like to speak at, but just go ahead and give us a little idea. Some of them, so did you say so you went to the Kenneth Hoagland, was that a was that a UFO conference, or who is he? Uh, Richard was um, mostly Richard, pushing, Richard. Well, he had, Richard C. Hoagland, Richard C. Hoagland had, um, was pushing the information that he had received on looking at some of the um, uh, monuments on Mars, and particularly the face on Mars and a few of the other events, and that's where he was Pushing his books, um, uh, let's see what what they call those the the monuments of Mars, right? And uh, oh, that Kenneth Hoagland, the one that oh, I know who he is, the face on Mars <laughs> guy. That's, that's who right. he is. That's right. Well, yeah, like I, I remember the guy with George, uh, whatever his name, Sukalos or whatever his name. I don't even know. Yeah. The guy with the hair. Well, so so Hoagland is the Mars. Yes, but face on Mars, dude, would be Richard Hoagland, right? That's him. That's correct. That's correct. Well, he basically That's opened up a whole channel or track of intel based on what he wanted to share. But he wasn't prior military, right? He wasn't prior government. Who no. was he before? No, he... Actually, well, wow, he he went back to um, oh gosh, who was the the main TV star, the old guy that uh, went back in the time and showed events and things that took place in time. I can't remember his name. He passed away. Richard was his science advisor and, and did the research on those things. Uh, and Richard's been known are you, publicly. Are you talking decades. about the guy that worked the old guy? God, there's so many. Jackie Gleason. <laughs> no, uh, no. Are you talking about the, the Montauk Point guys? No. I have Preston Nichols uh, on here. No. Okay. No, no. Anyway, Peter Moon got it. Um, all right, go. Let's go back to all right. Kenneth, now Richard Hoagland, and he's the Mar- yes. face on Mars dude. And then there was uh, right. I. I knew the guy over in Italy. He was on television a lot, uh, and he got in t- contact with me. Uh, and I can't ever remember his name either. All right, uh, <laughs> Matteo Ianio, I A N N E O Ianio. And then after him, uh, Lewis Reinhardt got in touch with me to get get in with Andrew Bashago to t- how would he get? And he he just he came on the radio show to get in touch with Andrew Bashago. They call him Andy Bashago. He's been on television, you know. So okay, so right. Kenneth Hoagland, the Mars guy, and you went to was it a UFO or a, a face on Mars conference? What do you call it? Richard Hoagland. Oh, I went to the very the original the very original uh, contact in the desert when it really was out there past twenty nine palms and out in the desert uh, the first couple of years and um, I was a guest speaker along with uh, uh, Hoagland and a whole bunch of the others that were coming forward and uh, this was where they were putting out the, the pitch saying you know uh, if you have any evidence if you've been involved in anything and you you need to get forward and get the information out now because you won't be around that long and that was the big concern. For and if you look at it today, I mean, I'm only hitting 77, but I'm still a young fellow, that's the way I feel. But so many of the astronauts and scientists and other people that we worked with, and I say we because I think you and I bounced back and forth kind of close to the same place at the same time, 
they've passed on and gone on. And that's what we were pushing for is, you know, if you know anything, that's what I'm going to say tonight. You need to come forward and make it public because once you've made it public, what can they do to you? It's whenever you they know you have secrets that they can get rid of you. And I don't know who they are, but you take that for the way you want to take it. Because unfortunately, it's true. I've had too many, too many acquaintances and friends in, in the past 40 years that um, have passed away from for unusual reasons or what have you. And I think that we're now at a time of full disclosure, and it's we all need to be sticking together and uh, being sure the truth gets out there. Well, Philippe Coppins, he went by Philip, I believe, in in this life, Philip. But uh, he and I used to talk about pyramids and other things, and he wound up doing some ancient alien or history channel information or documentaries. And uh, so he asked me to watch it. But this was way after I think I'd been to Roswell and uh, to meet Glenn Dennis. And uh, he told me about I got to get in touch with Stanton Friedman, and then it freaked me out because it turned out Stanton Friedman was the one that was researching the book or the manual I had, and uh, also Jesse Marcel, if you remember right. the gentleman that was in the pictures in uniform, and. I yeah, but that was way back in the 70s. I had gone over to Navy and got picked up. It's sort of men in black stuff, but uh, taken over to San Diego. And I think that's where our good friend William Tompkins' name comes up, right? San Diego. Right, right. But did, but now, was he at NASA? Did he come and go in NASA Who, or uh, not? William, Bill Tompkins. Oh, Bill Tompkins. Bill, because um, I met a man named Bill with funky hair. I have this thing about (laughs) men with hair. I can't remember their names, but uh, some men in black, or I guess you could say I was called in to meet people at a hangar, taking in some parts. But I thought, who could know, they're probably reverse engineering parts, you know. But I'm pretty sure it was Bill, because after I saw a picture once, I said, I know him. And Janet said, where? where?" And I'm like, I don't know right now, but I think I met him in a hangar. But now I I remembered last night that I met him in Dayton, Ohio as well. So he was either in receiving of certain uh, reverse engineering or ET parts or uh, it either when I was uh, went to Dayton, Ohio and in San Diego. So I, but I haven't put all the pieces together. Now, what do you know about him, and did you work with okay. him, or do you have any information? Or you're, I know you were going to write a I book was, with him, but he passed, right? Yes, he I passed. And, uh, but the, where I wound up in contact, and this is the whole thing, we're now putting, we, um, you, me, and, and all the others are now putting together events and things that would took place in our lives, and then we hear from somebody else that was involved in the same thing and at the same place at the same time, but we may not have worked directly together. And that's the case with... Uh, Bill Tompkins is that he was at uh, with the TRW Corporation company, and he came to NASA in uh, the Johnson Space Center. It used to be MSC at the time, but went well actually JSC whenever he came by. And um, I was in in conference meeting with him and with Volner von Braun and the director of NASA at the time. Um, Roman had us there, and um, so I had met with him, and we we had 
discuss the lunar module and where we're going. And that that's as close as I personally got uh, to know Bill. I did get to meet him at Contact in the Desert um, oh, just a few months before he passed. And uh, we, we discovered that we actually had made contact, uh, had been together at a certain social function before. So um, y- you never know. Just uh, Well, I guess in a way who. we were public relations because I don't understand yeah. why they insisted, but I don't know who mm. they are. I have to put that together with you and him, but we didn't get that far. Janet called me about a meeting with him, and uh, two. No, I was three times when I was in Tampa, Florida, but uh, she never could get me with him. And then uh, Michael, Doctor Solace, Michael Solace called me about getting with him, and then the part. Right. But he never got back with me, so. I guess it's up to you and me to start just doing what we can without him now because uh, all the information is going to come out anyway, sooner or later. And there's a lot of stuff going on on the planet, and uh, it's all starting to fit together, including I mentioned to you about Sir uh, Richard Branson and getting his his new uh, toy. (laughs) (laughs) And he just came out there this week and announced that they're getting things all ready to go. So that's, that's the only way. Only way we're going to find out. Well, no, I start saying the only Welcome way we're going to, to find out is civilians like uh, Branson them getting public and getting forward with it. But um, I, I think we we're now reached a point though where the the government, how heck that I know, are, are finding ways that they can now um, put together pieces publicly, and we're all starting to realize that we are not the only intelligent species in the universe and that there's been a lot more going on with direct contact for quite some time. So, yeah, it's a good thing. We were going to talk about that, so welcome to the neighborhood, folks, because not everybody gets to talk about this. And in the past, especially inside the government and inside the matrix, there's the inside and outside the matrix. And a lot of us could walk or go like, just think of it like, uh, virgin Airlines You know so I said I was a virgin And uh, I don't know that you didn't go anywhere With that so that's good because I know Bill Tompkins would have <laughs> Did but anyway We'll just <laughs> we'll stop there But uh, anyway so back to uh, The neighborhood now Right there I think the reason that we're Coming on now and of course uh, President Reagan and, and President Bush Passed, but uh, who was in office? Now I signed my my. Uh, well, let me back up. Let me just say that when we get with Virgin Airlines and Sir Richard Branson and his toys, and Tom DeLonge and his toys, and uh, who's the other one? Musk, Rusk, Lusk. What's his name? Uh, Musk. You, yeah, you, uh, it's the last name. You got I, it. I, I can't remember now, but anyway, there's. Uh, and then Bigelow, Musk. yes, yeah. Elon Musk, and uh, Robert Bigelow, right? Then we're talking a whole different – that's a whole different level, folks, of reality. But you know their names. I don't know if you know what they do. So uh, Tom DeLong and Elon Musk and Sir Richard Branson, and uh, just if you've noticed the news lately – Going up, that is so important what uh, Richard did because 
that's going to be a commercial uh, vehicle that one can go up in. Now, you're the astronaut uh, pilot. Now, did, he's only taking people up to the atmosphere. Uh, how far up? Did you, you? I didn't ask you to do any research. I'm sorry, so I'm putting you on the spot. But let's talk about that because right there is before you you need oxygen or or did oh, no, you study no, no. anything on uh, that? Where, where did he take the, that that piece of equipment up to? Okay. You well, first of all, if you get up on top of Mount Everest and you've almost exceeded your limit of of oxygen, you just barely can survive uh, with the amount of oxygen in the air up there. But we're talking about once you. I've been up over ten miles, but um, uh, yeah, Richard Branson them with their uh, uh, SpaceX program. They're going to be up is more than 50 miles high, and up actually where the equivalent about 10 to the minus 12 tor vacuum. So, with if they punch a hole in their their spacecraft, everybody's going to die because they're up there and going to be able to fold fold the chairs and things up and be able to float around in zero g. And I was blessed with being able to be part of the, the testing of zero g and the KC-135s with NASA, where we'd train the astronauts as well as um, others that were going to go up into um, actual space and orbit. Now, with the um, uh, see with um, Musk's, um, not Musk, uh, excuse me, the the SpaceX craft, it's going to, it's only going to be what we call a suborbital flight, where it'll go up over 50 miles high, and we're going to see the curvature of the Earth, and you're going to enjoy full, uh, you know, um, zero gravity and floating around and stuff, and then they'll come back in and, and land at um, the, the selected uh, airport or landing place, which we have right here in New Mexico, is the primary one. So uh, that's what we're—that's what they're doing. And as I understand, I'm—I could be a little bit wrong, but it's only about two hundred thousand dollars if you want to go get a ticket and be one of the first ones to go. You got a ticket? Well, yet? that's not much. That's pocket change for me. I—I I, I get a, a check. <laughs> but mine, I'm really afraid, folks, I'm kidding. You know, we are very humble down here. We're on the lowest end of, uh, we're called, in the in the uh, ground troops, and we are the grassroots society down here. <laughs> All my yeah. friends are, are retired, and we're on what's called fixed budget. So trust me, there's oh, yeah. no money in this, and we're just doing this out of the goodness of our heart to get out there and get to know each other and let you guys know. There is another reality besides the ones that we're, I wanted him to talk about, which are those UFO conferences. And I'm not putting them down by any means. But people like Richard Dolan, being a historian, and his books are wonderful. I want to uh, represent uh, my, me as him saying, TJ, you can use anything you want, talk about anything you want. So I have carte blanche with him. So just That's so good. you folks know that, that uh, he allows me to talk about him and his books. And I got that approved many, many years ago, way before Tracy. <laughs> we'll just say before Karen. Uh-huh. No, about about Karen. But anyway, uh, we've had so many years, but I've stayed in the background, Ken. Now, the reason I brought that up with the Virgin is I didn't talk to you about that. And Oh, by the way, Ken and I are both dog lovers, so thank you folks for joining in, if you are, even if you're a cat lover. <laughs> but and this we, is we have the both point. And horses. Oh, you have both? I do too. Well, I've got a little Siamese outside. You have horses? How can you afford those? And can... I'll take 30 okay. seconds and get the dogs moved out. Okay, keep going. 
Okay, well, let me talk for a moment then, folks, if you don't mind. Uh, Teresa J. Mars here with Ken Johnston. His name is Ralph, but he he, he prefers not to use it because of Jackie Gleason. You remember Ralph? <laughs> Ralph Kennedy. But uh, Kennedy, and now that's a good name for President Kennedy. And then there's uh, Ralph Johnston Kennedy Sr. Ralph Kennedy Johnston Sr. So uh, he'll be right back in a moment. Now we're going to talk about traveling with extraterrestrials for all of you guys. And we're actually going to do a little talk about uh, how we're going to talk about extraterrestrials in traveling in space and how man is going to get from the point A to point B is one level. And uh, Virgin Airlines and all these gentlemen that are making all this mega, these mega millions, they probably had it anyway. But it's fun to see. So read their autobiographies, if you will, and learn about these men. And Richard's doing his part. Now, Richard has, has – uh, uh, did I meet him through Stan or – no, I think I met him. Uh, I was honored to have read his books and enjoyed him being on this radio station, this radio show with me, Teresa J. Mars on TJMRC2 Radio. And I don't know if I walked up to him that he would even know who I am. And yet, I, you know, it's easy, <coughs> excuse me, folks, it's easy out here in social media to think we know people based on their books. And then any documentaries they've done on television, and that, and that, you know, that could go for anybody. But there's a level of existence where we're here on the planet, and we meet each other, and we think we know each other based on what we put out there for people to know. But you know, on the spiritual level, you can really never, ever know anybody really, not even the wife or husband. And I mean this with an open heart. Is the fact that we have our inner self. And that's going to be on another show, Spiritual Self, tomorrow night, Saturday, uh, for those of you that want to join Bill M. Tracer and The Opened Walk. So I'm glad I got that in. So are you back, Ken? Oh, I am. I had to let the dogs know who was the awful dog. That's me. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Now, I wanted to mention to everybody, Ken, that, you know, there's that level of existence. There's that that level of us down here the useless eaters to some people in some circles on the planet. And we have to do our part down here, folks. So Ken and mine has to deal with public relations work for many, many people. And to help, we hope we communicate properly. And forgive us if we don't, because we both wanted to be comedians in, in another life. We're going to come back. <laughs> I'm going to be Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Who are you going to be in the next Eddie. life? <laughs> yeah, I'll be Donald Duck probably. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Duck. But since, uh, you know, for this life, we're just being meager uh, people that are here to help get the word out. And so my company is now, since I retired from the government, American Communications Online and uh, at my ACO club. So I hope you look me up on Facebook. But we have many, many groups out there that uh, have formed themselves in free social media all these years since back in the day before we had it. But they've come along and joined mainly on Facebook, which is a free tool if if you've got inter- access to the Internet. You can make yourself a nice photo and bio or answer a few questions or not even not anymore. I don't think there's any ground rules other than you read there. 
terms of service, but uh, these days we're, there's talk, even can you tell me there may not be a Facebook in the future because everybody's going to phones now and we're going direct to YouTube. I'm not sure we, we'll have to have a, a technology and how to get to people in the future on that, but for right now, I'd just like to mention to Ken and uh, everybody that we have UFO Secret Space Group, and it's a free uh, club, if you will. I signed it up and made it a club. But it's during the time I already had this Teach MRCT radio, but I've been paying for all this with my own personal money and, and didn't really get into people giving me donations or anything like that. We got $20 once when Tommy Hawk's blood was running my show. <laughs> so on Sunday, that was it. So out of a whole, I don't know how many years, that's all we got. So that's how that worked. But, Ken, what I'd like to do is separate what we do on the planet, if you'll help me, up into the stratosphere, maybe, atmosphere. Yes, yes. But you're, I, I don't – is that proper? And where, where right, is – The stratosphere uh, would be good. Where's what? And then after after we go through atmosphere and the stratosphere, uh, in cosmology, I guess we'll say, and we can do metaphysics under cosmology as well, but ufology and alienology, and everyone that knows me knows that I started the Folk Life Sense Society and with the Smithsonian out of Houston, uh, Washington. Uh, I didn't start the Smithsonian, folks. Please don't believe that. <laughs> I'm not that old. Maybe in a past life. I don't know. But we're going to do our, our best to cover history. And, uh, you know, there's a big uh, schism right now, just like there used to be world religions, I guess, or even going from the U.K. to the United States, you know, over difference uh, of opinion over actually money and who who was going to get the money and who was going to pay taxes and uh, I've had Chinese people getting in touch with me right and left on my computer and I've seen my numbers go up immensely with the Chinese people on my websites and I've been hacked (laughs) so I've got to redo my entire planet and world on the planet again so that's what I'm in the process of doing now in 2019 but what I need your assistance in is you said about traveling with extraterrestrials now if we could because of historical purposes on the planet we don't even know what the real history is so what we're trying to do here is be honest and rewrite history <laughs> being honest isn't it John again we're going to rewrite right. history with everybody else here but now we have these tools and we have our cell phones our phones that are going to wind up where we don't need computers but right now in order to get on this radio show, I'm using a laptop and a phone, and even a regular phone, house phone, versus a uh, like a cable into the cable media into the internet. And so we're really still dependent that on these on these things on the ground. Now, what did you mean about traveling with extraterrestrials, Ken? Because I want you to realize that if we were standing in NASA, and, and you know the auditorium we had with the uh, theater style, yeah, like we used one. to have in the Okay, building one. Now, did you go – that's – what do we want to call that, level one? Let's start there as our 101 or ufology 101 or alienology 101, and let's pretend, folks, that we're in building one at NASA, and we are sitting in the audience. And if you you will, with your mind's eye, 
just travel back to thinking about what a lot of your high school auditoriums looked like, but it had a stage. And I don't even remember if it had – I don't think it had any curtains. I think it was it was just an open – can you remember, was there wood on each side? Because you were in media then too, public relations media. Yeah, and I, I had been picked by um, you know, NASA Public Affairs to be one of the um, – uh, what they call us here? Just a minute. And I've got all of those those badges I sent you where I was um, solar system ambassadors. That's what they called us, and where we would go out to the public and to all different organizations and schools and give talks about what we were doing so fantastic by going into space and going to the moon and what we were doing. And uh, then we would talk at some of the lectures there at the Building One, which is the main auditorium um, at NASA and Johnson Space Center, and. Um, they, they they had rows and rows of seats like a theater. They had a small platform area, not a not a big stage. But this is where, you know, you've seen on the press where the after a, a mission or a flight and the astronauts are all sitting behind tables. Well, that's they use that in in the um, main auditorium area at, at at Johnson Space Center. So been there a few times. Um, when we were out giving lectures, uh, it was we were giving all the personal experience and stuff, and we were so well programmed that we just knew that we were out on the very cutting edge of science and engineering and space and aerospace engineering and and then as we've become a little wiser and been more involved and I'm sure that uh, you're you were on the inside and know that we weren't um, that we had an, a secret space program going on at the same time that, uh, <laughs> it really was secret folks we yeah. can't even talk so, about it. We can't even breathe it. We can't even think about it. You know, it was all that's right. uh, even hush hush, even among the astronauts. And you just didn't want to lose your job. You didn't talk about it. And right. I guess I broke that mold. I didn't think I was a whistleblower. <laughs> I didn't think well, I was a whistleblower. Uh, I didn't know term, you were a whistleblower. I'm not sure that we're well, whistleblowers, but. That's well, a term that people use in the conference business, I guess. But see, that's what I want you to, to cover. That was wrong. Yeah. That was well, yeah. To think that, oh, whistleblowers are the bad people. But now, worldwide, um, they're realizing the whistleblowers are the ones that are getting the real truth out to the public and the world. And then now we're starting to realize that, well, okay, if they want to call us whistleblowers, that's okay, just so long as they, they don't shoot us or. <laughs> You know, do something to get rid of our stories and the truth. Uh, so, I don't want to get Leavenworth yeah. personally, and I sure don't want to. You know, but you know, I've walked yep. around in in that not even knowing because I signed contracts, and right. I lost track of how many contracts I signed, and I don't even know Your which intelligence. I I don't know. I went way above that when I was uh, doing uh, Royal Fourteen, and that and that had to get bumped up by the president. Uh, and they came from Germany and told me I was going to have a clearance higher than the president of the United States at Lowry Air Force Base. It was, and I wasn't wearing a uniform at all. I was a civilian. I mean, I what I I don't know what I was. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, because what I've learned is a lot of the things I did was because they wanted me to do it. I was like, sure, I could do that. I already had weapon training. Think about it. I'd already been an investigator, and this this was in the 80s and 90s, right? And But we're going back to the 60s. i got to go back to that building That's one. Right. That's right. Let's, let's there go back go. there. Let's go back down to NASA. But now, folks – 
our history may come out from here or there, and I guess that's what Ken and I are going to do. So just please be open-minded. Keep an open mind because we may jump to something because we could – a certain thing may come up and trigger, or we may want to say it because we remember it. But remember, this is our first show together that's just Ken and I. And so we will get better at this as we go along on Friday nights when you have nothing better to do. But come sit and play with us on Friday night, 6 to 8, my time. That's 7 to 9 Eastern. And uh, it's 5 to 7 for Ken and 4 to 6 Pacific. So uh, keep that on your calendar. Now, back to NASA. Oh, go ahead. You wanted to say something. I was going to say, you know, The, all you need to do is just you, as you listen and, and tell other people to, to tap in and listen to these programs that we're getting started here. Every once in a while, something's going to trigger a, a thought that you've had in your brain. That's some people have been what they call brainwashed, or and we may even talk about some of that tonight about events and things that we've been involved in or that's happened in our lives. That now we're going back and saying, "Oh my God, I really, I that really did happen," because you've run into other people that were involved at the same time. And then you can add the pieces to the puzzle together, and then you realize, oh, wow, then maybe I did travel with extraterrestrials, but I didn't know about it. So let's see where we can go with that. Let's go. And what, folks, I know a lot of people want to talk about it and get on it and get on this radio show and all that, and that's going to be fine in the future. But we have to build it before they will come. So... Ken and I are going to start this for the first time just with each other to get our information out, get it locked in for those people that may want to invite us to be speakers uh, because there's so many that I've turned down for so many years. I'm sure most people think I don't do conferences, but I did do MidSouthCon 2016. Now, back to NASA 1, but at the same time, Ken, if you were standing there, let's say in, I don't know, 5,900 or something in the future. But, you know, you could be describing back on the stage, but still, I, I want you to think about that, folks, that we're, we're there in, in NASA, but we're in the future. But we're looking back, and Ken has just completed several conferences, and they're called UFO conferences. But, Ken, remember, I've never been to one. I have no clue other than what Janet's told me as to what happens there. Go ahead. Tell me what what they do there. Some of the UFO conferences? Well, generally they've, uh-huh. they've, selected, pe- well, they've selected people that uh, have um, some pretty good credentials involved in not only the space program, but that have had uh, contacts or and they've either been through hypnotic regression or um, they, they have pictures and documents. And, and what we're trying to do is, you know, just someone can say, oh, yeah, I, I went and, and rode the horse on the on the prairie on the moon, you know. And, and Perry says, you know, you're wacko and you're nuts, and they're probably right. But what we're doing now is we're now finding people with credibility that want to come forward and talk about the actual experiences they've had. Because the way it's turning out and that I see it, and, and I see it as a, that ETs, Attempted to make direct contact um, with the government and with the uh, the head of the military. I mean, uh, President Eisenhower back in 1948, I believe I'm correct. Um, now we're looking at evidence proof that uh, he signed a contract with a, a certain group of extraterrestrials for um, 
for um, a, actually science to make us a much more powerful government country than the United States of America. Because you have to understand, we were just coming out of World War II, and now uh, when Eisenhower is being offered to by two different uh, species, one of them to um, uh, accept advancement in technology, and another one that was willing to, to provide with uh, weaponries as well. Well, he chose to go with weaponries because he was looking at, you know, the only way, he used to joke about this, about the only way to keep to, to keep the peace is to have the biggest and strongest weapons, and, and that's kind of the way the world has been run, and we were very, very close to uh, World War III with, with Russia, and fortunately that got um, stopped before it went too far, and this is this is kind of where we're coming into those of us who who were around at that time. I'm I'm the very I was born in 1942, which kind of puts me up there. And but when you realize I'm going to live to 180, that's not very old. We'll, we'll work on that one a little bit later. But what we're looking at is now to have the people that have the the information and coming forward with it, and that's what we're trying to do is get the truth out there. And then you're going to see more and more pieces of information and data coming out. So. Well, what month were now. you born? October 1942. So we're I'm only... Not, um, uh, I was born <laughs> December 1951, so we're almost oh, uh, exactly yeah. 10 years apart. <laughs> almost, yeah. But I, so. I got in the business. Uh, my first... Uh, I turned in my first clearance in 1967, May 1967. When did you turn in your That's first clearance? That's when I got clearance? out of the Marine Corps. Oh, when I got so out. So you were already oh, actually in. Oh, yeah. You were already in, under, in the military. under clearance in the right, Marines. In 1962, every, 19, yeah, 62, when I signed my first so uh, clearance. That would have been your entrance and your national agency check, and you got through confidential and at least secret, yes. didn't you, with the Marines? That's correct. And that's it was at that time. Did they tell you it was compartmentalized then? Or no, that came way after no. in the eighties with Ed Ames, no. didn't it? Right. Before we went compartmentalized. That's that's How right. about that? I just I've never <laughs> said that before. I'm free, <laughs> folks. I'm free. I can speak. <laughs> I can remember things. It's because well, from experience. We try our best to be able to. Um, um, come forward with it, but we were programmed real good that, you know, you, you don't come forward and tell the truth. You keep your mouth shut, but then in my case, in my case, I had uh, top secret clearance uh, while I was at NASA, and um, the whole position was, you know, we, we weren't going to talk about anything, And but don't worry, we're going to bring it all out because we're making progress, and, and that was one of the other things. Is we were so busy in trying to keep up with what was um Kennedy it's been 50 years is, for us. It's been 50 years. It's been 50 years. to keep our mouths shut and let the, let the big guys and gals uh, keep the secrets, and they're going to tell everybody eventually. And we reach the point now where we realize that very few people are still alive that can tell the to truth. To tell the 50 years. <laughs> like, okay, you can talk now. You're too old. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to well, believe you. Just, You're Alzheimer's. That's right. <laughs> So we, we you see how that works, now, folks? Yeah. But things changed. The things changed in the game, and that's okay. But we're going to say anybody that knows the truth, we're not a level zero civilization like Michio Kaku says. I don't care 
how he thinks because the truth will set you free. And we are a level one society, folks, because we already have contact with extraterrestrials. Now, traveling with extraterrestrials, we're going to have to dis- form a disclaimer <laughs> that everybody that listens to our show, this is news for the real people, but for the fake news people out there that record and have to have everything put through uh, editor-in-chief and make room space in those magazines and in the news of the night, you know, Ken, you and I aren't going to make that. I don't think we're going to make uh, 60 minutes. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet. I mean, in 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 the book that I'm writing the, now, in the book number three, and and that's traveling with extraterrestrials, and and basically I'm talking about our our way back home. In other words, how did we get here on this planet? What are we? Yeah, you know, there's so much more information now coming available than what we had back in the '60s. I mean, it, we were, and, and I understand very easily now why um, extraterrestrials they tried going directly to the the governments and people, and now they've, they've started, they're talking about millions of people have first-hand experience, and they've gotten past the point of being called wackos and nutcakes and everything else, and come forward with uh, things that they've experienced in their lives, both when they were very young as well as currently, and that's kind of where I'm at, too. So um, I finally, like I said earlier, I gave up on them coming forward with the information stuff we discovered on the moon as well as Mars, and now we're coming public with it. I said, okay, I'm, I'm willing to, and this is the wrong word to say, is violate my, my clearance. I'm willing to come forward and tell the truth. And that's, that's where I'm wanting other people that are listening tonight. Take that for the word. We've, we've, we've set the example. We've stuck our necks out. And now it's time for everybody else that has in, been involved to come forward, too. So you're going to hear that from me until you're tired of hearing it. So. Well, you we went to let me tell people with. why because you got involved and in, I remember when we were going to establish, uh, well, back with J. Allen Heineck when I met him, but we had APRO in Wisconsin, and then I guess that went to MUFON or Mutual UFO Network, but we had APRO in the beginning up there with a the lady in Wisconsin, and they had they did a couple did a really good job, folks. So we've got a history doing this. So these new people. Unless they're going back to 47, and I promised that I would always remember uh, Roswell, okay? Because that is part of our historical events in the ufology branch and the alienology branch. However, I also have already made arrangements to say alienology in the first real true alien hunter. We have alienhuntersplural.org. But for right now, you know, who needs them? We're using Facebook. <laughs> but you need a Facebook <laughs> and a website. But, uh, you know, the first ufologist, I don't know who we're going to give that to because we all pretty much agreed back in the day would give it to Stan because he was out hustling in houses and, and trying. But really, we have to give credit where credit's due in the books that were written that influenced Stand to get Betty, involved. Betty, Betty and Barney. Betty and Barney might be. Betty and Barney Hill in '63. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. What year was that? I don't even know. Was um, it '63? Don't tell me I'm right, because that's just. No, I don't. Head. I don't think you're right. '66. A little later. '53. About more like that. It was in the '50s. Probably. In the, the '50s, '59. Somebody very quickly look it up and call us in. <laughs> so, 
Oh God, don't don't blow up my my thing. But yeah, but okay. So let's get back to. Remember, folks, I'm just working the board by myself. I'm just getting started again. All right. Well, let me look up. Hold on. But no, that wouldn't be. They came out as uh, the first experiencers, or back then they called them abductees. Now we had contactees. But, folks, I told you we were going to get into history, but we'll get off planet, too. But I want people to understand, especially uh, the Richard Dolan historians, because I love Richard and I understand what he's doing. But he's been doing the conferences that I wanted you to talk about because it's become a folk culture and a folk science. And uh, under anthropology, if you go to universities, you know, under uh, anthropology, then comes folk life because they can't really prove anything. And so, you know, Richard's really big on citing your sources, but uh, in science, we say that we give it to, it's empirical. And in order to prove, your peers have to be able to do it too, scientifically speaking. You know what I mean? If you can do something, you can put out a theory, And uh, but Ken and I can't give you a theory because you're not going to be able to come back and live our lives. But we are historian researchers, but yet we can use our experiences to get you to those people that people like Betty and Barney Hill. But that's not anything but an abduction story, and it got finally handled. And now Kathleen Martin is in charge of that. Kathleen was the niece, and she actually wrote a few books of her own. And I know one, at least with Stan, because when I talked to Stan personally, he was talking about working with Kathleen Martin and calling her the niece of Betty and Barney Hill before those books were done. So I've been tracing this, as, as was my job, meaning that if I didn't have sources to cite, the VA would gladly give me the books and they even gave me Ruth Montgomery books so they put those together Alien Among Us and Star People with Brett Nancy Steiger but we go back before Betty and Barney Hill but I'm going to go ahead and look that up Betty and Barney Hill story now that is a different branch in UFO Secret Space Group because they would be considered oh, yeah. abductees not contactees Correct. even though it yeah. wasn't a bad uh, she didn't. She didn't really cite uh, that it was a bad gig, or in other words, an abductee. Because what happened is the abductees abducted, taken against their will, and they're saying that contactees, you may or may not have had some type of wish or prayer or, or some type of uh, that Dr. Greer does now. You know, they bring them down with sound or whatever, which is sort of. I think is ridiculous, but <laughs> I believe that there's ways to get yourself on the map without doing that. If you ever saw, well, this this is going to be so hard to do, but Betty and Barty Hill, and I'm not a skeptic, nor am I, uh, I guess, a true believer. So I've got to just go from experience and then keep an open mind, but I love it for entertainment purposes. But with the ufologists, we they want nuts and bolts. They want me to bring me a piece of the equipment for the reverse technology. But it looks like he'll the original UFO abduction. Okay, Betty wrote all of the of this based on what she claims were her dreams, and probably told the story to Barney over and over again. But it says the story was adapted into a best-selling 1966 book. I tell you what, I'm gonna be terrible. 
and use Wikipedia. Here we go. Betty and Barney Hill were an American couple who claimed they were abducted by extraterrestrials in a rural portion of the state of New Hampshire from September 19 to September 20, 1961. So there you go, Ken. It was widely okay. publicized uh, of an alien abduction in the United States. The incident came to be called the Hill Abduction and the Zeta Reticuli Incident because the couple stated they had been kidnapped by aliens who claimed to be from the Zeta Reticuli system. This story was adapted in the best-selling 1966 book, The Interrupted Journey, and the 1975 television movie, The UFO Incident, in September 2016. Plans were were announced to make a film based on the events with an unknown release date. Now, most have heard Notes and tapes and items have been placed in a permanent collection in the University of New Hampshire, which was her alpha mater in July 2011. So the State Division of Historical Resources resources marked the site of the alleged craft. First approach with a historical marker. So that's your first abductee right there. And so now put that that will put her under abductees. Now, before that, now you remember, uh, and I don't know how far, you've said your, your data that you've contributed is in the Roswell UFO Museum in Roswell? That's is correct. Is that what you stated? That's correct. Yes, I did. Okay. I, I, it, was, it was safer for me to um, make that as a contribution so that uh, the world had access to it because all it would have taken is a, a match or a bomb or what have you to wipe Ken off the map and all of the records that I had kept. So now that it, it's now public to the world, and I'm much safer, and so is the archive. So that was a decision that I, I made um, two, oh, two and a half, three years ago. So it's there. I just right. checked on it here this past year. And uh, that people are They're coming in there. And, and researching that way. Yep, you bet. So all, right, all right. Now, I know Daryl Sims would appreciate it in this segue or advertisement or infomercial that – uh, Daryl Sims has been in the business for years, so is Dr. Bruce Maccabee. And uh, Dr. Maccabee is on our board of directors for Alien Contact Org, ACO, and uh, helped mm-hmm. us get this going on radio years ago, right here at Teaching Mars ET Radio, that's been developed with various people coming on, but not as many as I could have. But I had a sick husband based on the fact that he was an agent, Morris, for. Uh, the U.S. Army, and also agent CIA and working for President Reagan, separate, undercover, our men in black are just go get the facts because uh, Ronald Reagan had an experience and wanted to know about all this stuff too. But we've got a a history to tell, and people are going to appreciate it if we will start back when uh, the extraterrestrials, and now I got this firsthand, from my husband that they were being mon- they were monitoring us on this planet and Tom and I found out they found us here so that's where Janet and I think uh, knowing in, in this was uh, the Anunnaki story and of course that got to be very very hot but Ken for you you step into the limelight in 1994 <laughs> is that correct well, next, I guess 1995 when when Mr. Hoagland took me to the National Press Club in Washington D.C. So that was my first public exposure, if you will, and I was pretty well left alone, um, not you know taken down or what have you uh, by um, 
debunkers, if you want to use another term, until, let's see, in 2007 when I went back again with uh, into the, a, a newer, more open-minded um, National Press Club uh, conference and meeting there. So uh, They have an open-mind press club? <laughs> well, those that were there were at least getting first-hand information instead of uh, creating their own news, which is lots of what's going on. They don't leave don't leave the office and they create their own news. So, no. It's, well, uh, did the, did it help? Getting, did did it help? Uh, I can't. I don't have that answer. I don't know. <laughs> I can only hope that people do that do research will discover that. Oh yeah. Well, Ken went to the to the, the world and uh, both in nineteen ninety five and and two thousand and seven to. Uh, to uh, get the get the word out out, out to the world, so uh, I've been doing my part, I guess, and uh, so far I'm still alive, and I hope I'm, now that I've gone public and I've given things to the museums and stuff, that uh, what good would it do to bump old Ken off and get rid of him? Because after all, there's all the information is already done. What what more damage can I do to those that are trying to maintain their uh, level of secrecy with regards to our direct contact with extraterrestrials? So we're getting there. Well, and well, let's go back go to when ufology wasn't around. There's no such thing. And I remember the big fight because right. I came in on it, uh, even though I was still rough. Because when I was an investigator, uh, we weren't allowed to talk about such things. And it was very hush-hush back in NASA days. And then uh, the engineers and stuff, so we were called to a meeting and uh, we were already having our own meetings in, in houses and engineers and astronauts in the 60s when I was a teenager but had the clearance level May 67, and they had me fill out more clearance forms through NASA and my husband working in Chris Craft hired him. But apparently the government decided I could do this public relations work back in that day because they said I would be an ambassador of goodwill. And I didn't even know what that was. And Richard Dolan doesn't like all this. You're an ambassador, and I'm an ambassador, and we both work for the government, and we both had NASA connections. So he may have to get over people calling themselves an ambassador, but I think what he means is uh, I heard one of his radio shows uh, with him and Tracy the other day, and, and I love Richard, and I have yet to meet Tracy, but like I said, I'm a virgin. I have never been to a UFO conference. Apparently, he's he's making money by going around to these conferences around the world and speaking, and more power to him for that. Maybe we'll get asked to do that. Foo Fighters and UFOs and various aerial phenomena were reported by Allied aircraft pilots in World War II. And I know that when my husband was very American and very into uh, the U.S. Army, and that's all he knew, he he got two-year bachelor's of science while he was in there, and he uh, had pulled the pins out of the out of the uh, equipment or rifles or I don't know if they were AK-40s. I don't know, folks, because I didn't even ask my husband what type. I guess I did, but I've forgotten. But when the the Carter administration came in, and we went over and worked with uh, uh, a gentleman that had this all with the all the big names and explained a lot of things to us and the Secretary of State and Tennessee and Georgia and FBI and, and and what was going on. But Tom told me he was uh 
has several schools. They don't do this anymore, 21 or 26 schools, something like that. But he got overqualified. But anyway, they they put him out there to take the uh, arms over to Iran. You remember the when the uh, I know you remember this, Ken. I'm just gonna, I'm mentioning my husband because of Reagan. Okay, and I met Reagan in Houston, and I met Bush in Houston. But Tom, uh, one pilot and Tom only, took these the weapons to. There was a trade out, and uh, I don't know all the details, but my husband told me things. And uh, at that time, Carter was going to wait so Reagan could. Uh, he was a, my husband was a part of all that, so I've only got his story. And uh, anyway, that's how he met Reagan. He pulled the pins out of the rifles or shotguns or AK-47s. Y'all Probably have to look that up. But anyway, that's how he met Reagan. Reagan, yeah. it, uh, there was a uh, – now, I don't know this for sure. This is secondhand information from Tom. But apparently there was a trade for the hostage crisis. I think that was 16. I don't remember. The Iran hostage deal. It was on television. Right, right. It it was one of those things that was planned and before Oklahoma in 2001. I don't know why we've forgotten we, about it. We, uh, we, we agreed to give them so many rifles and weapons and things, but we pulled the firing pins out of them so they couldn't use them. Yeah, except right? for one. He kept one. Yeah, but we shouldn't have, and the government didn't know. It was the Iran hostage mm-hmm. crisis. That was November fourth, right. seventy nine to January twentieth, nineteen eighty one. But my husband was a new recruit in nineteen eighty, and he had hurt jumping out of airplanes. He had his shins splinted, the bones. But he was a Kentucky wind hitter. At two thousand yards, he hit straight on the bullseye. Okay, that's a long way, <laughs> apparently. Mm-hmm. I, I don't practice yeah. that. But because of the uh, – he got held back several times. They just kept leaving him in training school. They don't do that anymore, they, and he's probably the reason. But they got where they wouldn't give you two or three or four schools. When I went through the second time, I don't remember the first time. They wiped it out of my mind, my memory, other than 74. I, ha- I have to admit there's pieces that I, I got. I must have been really good at my job. <laughs> I kept getting sending back in. But between 74 and we'll say 79 to 81, uh, that Iran hostage, that's when Reagan came in. So he and I worked the 80-93 in uniform. So uh, do you remember what you were doing then? Because that was a very important time for Ronald Reagan because he had seen a UFO and wanted to know the truth. Um, you were, I, I, yeah, I, when I, I went active duty in the Marine Corps in 1962, and then uh, I got out in 1966 and went to work at uh, NASA at the Johnson Space Center. So um, you can see how where I was at, at the same time. I remember. Um, I also remember Reagan getting getting shot too. So, um, I okay, I was. Time. I I'm scared to talk about that because Tom and I were investigating that together or separately. Uh-huh. But I was placed. I I don't want to talk about that yet because that's going to get. Oh, man. Uh, Well, I shouldn't have brought back the Iran hostage and Tom at all, should I? Because we're going to release a whole lot of information that may or not jive with what stories are out there. I guess that's what whistleblowers do, but we're late. We're a day late and a dollar short. Does it matter now? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But 
I need to put your timeline across this one, but we do have to go back and start at the Iran hostage crisis during my period. But let's go back to the Foo Fighters for the historical timeline for ufology and alienology folks because uh, we didn't create the CIA. Now, in 43, you and I weren't, in, at least in this life, and folks, we can get very metaphysical on you, but I think it drives Richard Ho- Richard Hoagland, I don't know about him, he probably does okay with it, but uh, Richard Dolan, I think, bonkers when we get, <laughs> go metaphysical, spiritual science on, on him, because, you know, he's very he needs to be a nuts and bolts historian, from what I'm being told, of why I've been activated, you and I, to get this story straight and to help get this. He, uh, let me tell you, folks, Richard Dolan evoked me by saying we need an investigator. <laughs> Guess what I am and what I was? I'm a retired investigator and and wore several hats. So he's evoked me to come help get this story straight. But anyway, the Iran hostage crisis, of course, is history, and we may be rewriting everything somewhat with what we call Mandela effect. And... Uh, Ken has agreed to help me, haven't you, Ken, with the Mandela effect and what we remember? I'm doing my And uh, Okay, well, uh, I, I need to bring on uh, my good friend Bill M. Tracer, who uh, agreed to help me tonight. He was kind enough to wait till the last hour. Did uh, Is this Bill M. Tracer, my historian, <laughs> my uh, thought, um, author? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. Yes. Did you just tune in, or did you just get news, or what well, happened? I've been listening a while. I've been listening a while, and then, like you said, in the in the last hour now, I called in. Um, Thank you. Yes. Well, we, the Mandela effect, and okay. I'm running two timelines, Bill. But just real quick, because you're going to be tar- part of this historical recording, go ahead and introduce yourself, and let's. Uh, I told uh, Ken. You'd come on, and I'm so glad you did, because I'm running a history timeline, but I also want to run a ufology timeline and alienology with a cosmology and a phenomenology. But you also bring in the spirituality timeline as well. So, folks, don't get lost, but we've got to separate these tracks. And it's not going to be easy. It's very complicated because you have the truth that we all think individually, then the group consensus and then on top of that you have the Mandela effect Nelson Mandela effect right of what and who remember mm-hmm. then you know they say there's two sides in the truth so you have to have the the tri- the point of origin and you have to have two other points to just find out where you are <laughs> so this is going to get complicated but we're going to try to keep it as basic as we can but this will give you an idea of what we're going to be doing in the future so Bill please introduce yourself to everybody the way you would if nobody knows who we are. I am uh, Bill M. Tracer, and I live in Cordova, Tennessee, which is basically a suburb of Memphis, Tennessee. And I am both a a freelance artist and a writer. I've got four books published over at Amazon, as well as some short stories. Those are short e-book things. Um, But... um, so I do both fiction and nonfiction. Two of my books are fiction, and two of them are nonfiction. As, as you know, we've talked about before, the first book I got published was about uh, the question of will the Internet achieve sentience. 
And now the most recent book is the more spiritual-oriented book, The Opened Walk, Blending Science with Our Spiritual Quests. And um, as far as the Mandela effect goes, I've been studying that for a while myself. That's, a, that's an interesting um, concept. Uh, there's a variety of theories about just uh, what it is and what, uh, what's going on with it. Um, but uh, the main point is that it was back in 2002, I believe, when uh, some folks were at a uh, um, Comic-Con. Dragon-Con. Dragon-Con in Dragon Atlanta, Con? right? In the shadow. The guy's name was The Shadow. <laughs> but go it's ahead with your version. version. <laughs> you know, one of those conventions like that, and, uh, and they were just having a discussion, and somebody brought up something about Nelson Mandela, and he thought that uh, some of them had different memories about him. You know, they had two different distinct memories. Some of the group seemed to remember uh, that he had died in prison, while others remembered, of course, that he got out of prison and ultimately became the president there in South Africa, uh, which is the historical memory that most of us have. <laughs> so, uh, in any event, um, these, these two different memories, different ideas, they, they started making other comparisons and, and started finding other discrepancies. And so there's these different theories about what's going on. Why is it that some people remember some things one way and some remember it another way? And among the theories is that uh, uh, timelines have become mixed up maybe perhaps due to experiments that are going on with the particle accelerators like CERN or maybe time travelers have have been traveling so much and going to different periods in history and that they somehow mucked up history so that some people remember history one way and other people remember it another way. And uh, so there's, like, there's a variety of theories. One of them is there's a glitch in the matrix that all of our reality is actually like the matrix of simulation and uh, at some point people started uh, remembering certain things so different ways and so they were trying to fix this and in doing so then they made modifications whoever they are <laughs> to uh, to the to the simulation but in some people the, the, the changes took hold while others still cling to the the previous Iteration, I guess you might say. So there's a variety of theories about what is causing this this thing they call the Mandela effect. And right now we're not really sure what, if any, of those theories, you know, are, are it. Well, we're going to take the UFO Association at, at its word with some of the old guys, and and Dr. Bruce McAbee with us, and I guess Richard Dolan's doing a book with him now, I think, and. I don't know for sure. I'll have to ask Richard or Dr. McAbee first-hand information. So let's get that straight on the Mandela effect, folks, because we're going to run into it every time you talk to a person with a different opinion, a different filter, a different mm -hmm. place and time, and what they heard and how they heard it. And they're not going to remember their sources. You know, like you cite a source, and be sure and list your bibliography in the back of a book. But the reason I wanted Bill to come on tonight was to, again, uh, 
remember Ken and us get this platform for tonight because this is going to be Ken and, and myself. But I want him to come on for a minute because he's also has been very appropriate to be our Authors Club organization, our ACO, or Authors Book Club, whatever we're going to call it in the future, because all that I've done past has been for historical purposes under different hats. And I've brought them all together under UFO Secret Space on a Facebook group. And I've got a, all kind of groups out there, and I want to bring them all together. And, Kent, and Bill's uh, has been invited to help me from 2016 forward as is Marta Thomas with the Pyramid Con, and uh, Daryl Sims with Alien uh, Hunters. Uh, and, and so we're going to break all this up. And then Ken, I've asked Kim to come on and help me with keeping it, get the facts stupid, but keep the facts real with the NASA group and all the people that he and I represent that have faith that, when we came out after public relations and retired, and we would try to do our best to remember the best we could, depending on what disclosure really is. And Ken was there in what a lot of people in their mind believe uh, started exopolitics and started disclosure. But I was on a phone call. In my mind, I am as as close to being a historian with Richard Dolan with the real facts this can be because I was involved in my lifetime with men that had a I've been in several black op or black men in black or men in suits or all of the above and we'll get into that over my lifetime because I've not been willing to deal with it but now that I'm retired I'm willing to deal with most of it but it depends on what year it was but when people wanted to tell, we talked conversely about this that we're doing right now. When would we really bring disclosure forward and by whom? And Dr. Stephen Greer at the time was working, I believe, in a hospital in North or South Carolina. But he, uh, some people, there's a long history behind everything that people know now in this I don't know if you want to call it the fake news because how much is real and how much is fake. So that's why I asked Ken to come in because, uh, and why I asked Bill here tonight because Ken, Bill has written on both sides of the fence, fiction and nonfiction, and has been represented and remembers back to Star Trek, and Janet does. So we were starting to get it all confused, and I, I think it's time to clear it up and get those that really remember 3D and how they remember it. And then also the stories of being off-planet versus folk life and legend and myth. And then Stan Lee was helping with that and knowing who the real superheroes was and those that could do ESP and Project Stargate and remote viewing and all that. So the three of us can at least... I know talk on a 3D level, and then we can talk extraterrestrial or all that we think about extraterrestrials, if that's okay. But, uh, Ken, do you remember being on the show in the past? Or maybe Bill. Bill, did you have a chance to look up the dates? I could go back I, and, and see, but I'm, do you remember what year? I don't think I've been. You're talking about your program or which program? Years ago, because I you're I on my program. On program. Wow, I, I, again, we 
I, I now know that there have been periods where I've had experiences where I think my memory has been wiped, and that's becoming mm. a, a rather interesting experience when you talk to um, um, Bishago and, and, well, there were several others that have passed away since then. That, you know, we may have been involved in a whole lot more, and once we were starting to discover it, some of them it was too late. So, mm-hmm. No, I don't recall that right now. I don't. I don't recall when it was, but I do remember that that Ken was on one of your shows. I believe I actually helped you as a co-host on that show. But and, uh, and I was on the show. I was on yeah. the show as well. <laughs> it was years ago. There goes yeah, the I don't know right? I know it was sometime uh, after um, two thousand. Thirteen, because I I started working with uh, with TJ in January of 2013, and it would have been sometime between then and 2016 when when we kind of dropped off. So somewhere in that interval between 13 and uh, 16, there was a, a night when when TJ interviewed you, but I don't remember when it was exactly. Okay. <laughs> Part, part of you, you, you faded out, and I, I lost part of that. But uh, um, well, that's good. I'm glad somebody remembers where I was, because there are times when I'm, I'm going back now, thanks to uh, Dr. Sasha Lesson and, and the hypnotic regression stuff, and going back and find out exactly where I might have been and what was going on. So, yep, uh, we'll depend on whether that was really me there or not. It might not have been me. We'll see. Well, Ken, your voice is recorded, and I know it's in the archives with Mike Ringley in Kentucky, where I used to live. And I was living really? in Kentucky when you came on with me. <laughs> and not only that, you, I did Revolution Radio for years as Cosmos Connection, T.J. Morris. Then uh, you also came on with me on this very station where Stanton Friedman came on and Richard Dolan, T.J. Morris ET Radio. <laughs> and back oh, in really? the beginning, I did I had a MUFON commercial I did from the captain Captain McDonald with Mutual UFO Network when they had just moved the headquarters to the line between Kentucky and uh, Ohio. I think they were right at Cincinnati. And uh, I was working on a new manual, and he was, and uh, I had it pieced apart and what was going to be written by whom. And uh, Kathleen Martin was going to help do some for the experiencers when we were going to bring in. But, see, I never worked with the directors and uh, consequently, with you know me working for the government, they and it was already said that the government was infiltrated, and then we had the star team coming up to be. I think they were going to be investigators, and uh, it was it was a big reforming almost and rewriting the manual uh, back, and that was about 2007, 2008, and then well, I don't you know, know when. You- Jan Harzan took over from Mutual UFO Network. I never met Jan Harzan or talked to him because uh, I had an incident with uh, the black men in black and the black helicopters, and uh, they used to scare me away. And so that was what, at that time, uh, is it Robert Bigelow was very interested in taking some of our files with Mutual UFO Network, and then it was getting legal because all of us that had given our reports 
it was like back in the day you expected it to be the nonprofit and it was going to people mutually UFO and we had hoped it was going to be handled one way so there was a splitting of the sheet so to speak with those in a lot and we lost a lot of members back then uh, and uh, but then we started deciding to have a better website and all of that and uh, another friend of mine James Carrion was uh, before McDonald I believe James Carrion anyway it's a, it, we got history even in MUFON folks uh, and well, I'm sure I, that we be, should mm-hmm, go ahead yeah I was going to say um, right now I've been listening to you talk about that I would love to be able to listen to a recording of that and see what memories it jogs because that's one of the things of this uh, regression finding out that um, where I really wound up, and then when I was put back into the timeline, so to speak, um, a lot of the memories and things and things that happened before I went where I went, and um, I, I think that being able to listen to the recording of it just might trigger the the hidden part where my brain had, or my mind had been wiped clean of some of these events. So I'm I'm going to get kind of excited about the chance to to do some research with you and find out just exactly where I was at a certain period of time. So I'm okay, well, like we can go back. <laughs> no, no. Uh, actually, you've been in a car accident, and I'm sure everybody's uh, got reasons that make you wonder if you bumped your head. I've got a grandson that was going to be looked at and senior, and he's had two concussions, and he's decided to go and be a Marine like you. And st- I'm like, you think you got your head head hit playing football? Let me tell you, <laughs> but can't you know? Can't tell tell him anything. He's got to live his own life. But he's going to be a marine, if, like my brother. People have asked, Go ahead. People have asked me if if uh, if I really knew what took place when it. But what this gal was texting on her telephone, and we had to stop at a T intersection. My wife was driving, and she rear-ended us at about 30, 35 miles an hour. And uh, the MRI showed there was a little bit of leakage in part of my brain area. And so I've been getting talks and events and things. And whenever I, all of a sudden I'll have a freeze up, but I can ask them, I say, okay, what were we just talking about? And they'll tell me, and then it clicks back on, and I go right straight on. So um, it's, you know, let's face it, folks, don't use your telephone and sec- text them while you're trying to drive a car. You, and that's the other question. People want to know, well, are you sure that it was an accident or was it something they're trying to get rid of you? Let's, let's hope well, we were we were going to do a book with William Tompkins, and uh, wow. we were I was contacted and you were contacted to do what we're doing right now with uh, Bill Tracer, right. because we wanted to get the timeline straight and keep the physical reality separate from. Uh, and Bill's helping me do that with that which we deal with the consciousness near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, and reincarnations, because I've never been to a UFO conference. Now, remember that, Ken, so you have a bird's-eye view. Uh, Now, I did go to a Star Trek conference that Bill went to in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, it was at the university. All right, go ahead. Now, this is the Mandela effect, folks. Now, Ken, I, I want you to think about the UFO conferences in the years to see how your brain works. And I understand you've had a car accident. And I have the email you sent me on it today where you told me you were going to be able to have to take a hiatus with me. And that's okay. 
but uh, you apologize, but uh, you had a car accident, and Bill Tompkins had a – he crossed over to the other side, okay? So yep. now, Bill, tell him about where we – well, where we went, Star Trek University. And then uh, that was a conference, but I want people to get what I'm doing here. There are those that people think are real that are fiction, and then there's conferences that think they're real, but they're fiction. <laughs> and you hadn't yeah. seen the kind of conference we're going to have, you know, we're putting together. So go ahead. How, how, go back to the one that you and I started and then MidSouthCon, when you did MidSouthCon, if you will. Yeah, MidSouthCon is a science fiction fantasy convention, but they also have tracks about the paranormal um in both both realms of uh, uh, what we call the more metaphysical or uh, spiritual uh, kind of paranormal stuff like ghosts and things of that nature, and then also the paranormal aspect of uh, UFOs and and alien encounters, that sort of stuff. So uh, so they have they have tracks specifically about those things, but the the primary thrust of Miss Outcon is is a science fiction fantasy and horror uh, convention for people who are fans of all that. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very nice experience. I, I enjoy going to the convention a great deal. But it wasn't just specifically Star Trek. You know, Star Trek is, is dealt with there as well as Star Wars, all the other Star stuff, and, and uh, other, other, other science fiction too. So it's, uh, and, and of course they also have the, the cosplay, people dress in costumes. That's uh, always a fun part of it. Uh, but, uh, like I say, ever since I believe it was, it was either in, uh, it might have been in 2012, I'm not sure exactly what year it was, but then they had Stanton Friedman as the science guest at uh, at Mid-Salcon, and, and ever since then they've been doing the paranormal tracks, uh, dealing with uh, those subjects. And I've been heavily involved in their, uh, in their uh, panels on the subject of uh, of the UFOs and of of the strange and unexplainable things, I even did a panel about that Mandela effect that we were just talking about earlier. Uh, in the time since we were talking about that, I uh, actually found this thing I'd written about it, and uh, I identified seven different theories of, to try to explain the Mandela effect. But uh, I hadn't considered. Uh, the effect that, that y'all were just talking about with uh, with Ken have being involved in that uh, car accident and how that uh, that kind of an accident can affect memory. So uh, that that could also be added to the list as an eighth possible theory for for the for that effect. A cause and effect, yeah, and to yeah. and to have a different timeline and in conscious. We're having conscious conferences, too, and I did help promote one for six years from 2012 to 2018, and it finally came to fruition. But the first one, and and you can look this up in history on Wikipedia, a lot of these conferences that that people come together as uh, mutual uh, colleagues or hobbyists or just uh, fans, uh, supporters, is the mm-hmm. fact that they have one. They have something in common, and so sci-fi is and fantasy 
Mid-South Conference. It's been 35 years or so. And so uh, Bill and I were moderators and speakers there or, or in the paranormal realm or got to stand up and speak or talk on a panel. And uh, some little kids ran up to me and were talking and about taking up and taking. And my book was Taken Up. And Taken was a movie about a little girl named Allie Clark, which resembles my story, interestingly enough, in the Steven Spielberg days. And I used to have an office in California and would go to uh, stay and talk with one of his next-door neighbors. And if you all remember, we had Rosenberg. Uh, with us, and uh, there's a long history with Hollywood and movies and all of that, and I've been in Ron Howard's <laughs> office and worked with his attorney, and there's all kinds of things crossing over into reality, but it is reality if you live it and experience it, and Hollywood likes to take uh, books, especially Philip K. Dick, Total Recall. Uh, they've helped some uh, since then in the Adjustment Bureau, and a bunch of them, and you, I don't want you know people that follow Philip K. Dick are called dickheads. Seriously, <laughs> so they have a conference yeah. in California that for just dickheads, and they didn't invite Tessa B. Dick, who was married to him one year. Interesting, and she's in California. Invited. Yeah, I didn't get invited. So Ken and I and 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 Bill here, I guess we're going to have to create our own track. Other than I think so. you know, but I don't know if we're going to have Johnston heads or Lacer heads, Bill <laughs> um, Tracer heads, or T.J. Morris heads. You know, no, I don't know. No. Uh, my name's Thurmond. Uh, I was born as a Thurmond, and that right there, talking about white kid being bullied on both sides, yeah. whether you're white or black. Oh my God, you're talking about racist conference. I imagine a lot of people would show up, but I don't think I'd want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> be like just, just, call, these, just call, call us Mars heads. That's good, Mars heads. Mars heads. Like well, I don't want to. I don't want to implicate that we're just just video or what NASA allows us to uh-huh. see in the Mars Anomaly Group that was uh, Matteo Ianeo first, and Matteo was our uh, Matteo. I can't figure out how to say that in Italian, but we were writing and, tra- and translating. And apparently people were listening because Google, Google wanted me to help him in Italy. So I've, I knew then, okay, so uh, the government's involved in what we're saying because nobody else had access to it. And why would they care about the Mars – Mars? he didn't call it the Mars Anomaly Group. But apparently he had – I think he was he – was, this was after Hoagland. So, Ken, let's go back to – these conferences, because folks, these conferences are important because you get to meet people that have information firsthand, one on one. Now, Janet had Stargate to the Cosmos October in Albuquerque, where Ken is. Now, she came on last night with Ken. So, we're going to do more conferences, but we're also going to handle uh, a lot of. She was, her husband is an Anunnaki writer, and of course, she helps edit and promote his books and she's the one running the screens and I've seen her do it at the Mars Anomaly Conference in Mobile in 2017 and Lewis Reinhardt had uh, come on my radio show way back in the day and he's the one that had that but it was like his seventh one or sixth or seventh one but that's where I met Ken Johnston now Ken you had the within two weeks 
And tonight, if you noticed when you were sending me some stuff for tonight, you had mentioned the the car wreck, and you were concerned about your your memory then. Did you read your email yeah. you sent me? Um, so for some reason <laughs> that was important enough for you to put it in the email, and we lost contact. Right. So I guess you were uh, right. Back, it affected you your memory. <laughs> well, and, and it's it's um, yeah, it, it's it's tough whenever you're you're in a big conference and suddenly there's thousand people in the audience or more twelve hundred whatever they were, and uh, you you get a momentarily freeze. And uh, well, I was over in um, Dulce, um, New Mexico, at a conference there, and I had one of the um, Native Americans there on the front row, and I said, "Now, if I freeze up, I have a problem." I'm going to ask you, ask you, say, what was the last thing I said, and then tell me, and then it goes snap, and I go right back, and and that's the biggest thing to concern is, did it happen accidentally or was it staged or exactly where? But um, you know, I'm I'm doing good. I'm I'm still out there um, putting out the straight word. The main thing about it is having the documents and the records and being able to prove everything that I say is factual, and uh, that's kind of what I'm leaning on. Uh, if if I sound like I'm going um, kind of paused and, and you want to jump right in, feel free and we'll we'll dig this out together. So then I pause and yeah. nobody comes back on. <laughs> <laughs> are, are are you there, Bill? I'm here. <laughs> We're Good. here. We're Good. both here. Yeah, now, Ken, you about your... is what you're doing. <laughs> Making me think I, I'm talking to myself again. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> about traveling with extraterrestrials, Ken Johnston and Bill and Tracer folks. Uh, we're all authors. We have that in common. And uh, real quickly, I would just like to invite you to uh, check us out on Amazon. I've got my name up there, Teresa J. Morris, if you will, or T.J. Morris or T.J. Thurman Morris. And uh, those are old history that uh, – so I could come out in 2007 – but I probably shouldn't have because I was telling the truth, and it, it apparently it started almost World War Three. <laughs> I well, came out talking about NASA. Yeah, right. but it didn't. But it it caused a lot, and uh, the Vatican came out, and NASA yeah. came out, and, and Chris Kraft, and then the pre- the new president of whoever it was in NASA got in touch with me and wanted to be my friend, and it was amazing. I was all of a sudden, but then I had to step back from 2007. So any historian, Richard, look and see how the UFO industry changed in 2007 and give me a call because Richard came on here since, but Richard and I both were feeding off of each other like a feeding frenzy, and we couldn't (laughs) get enough. We just, it was amazing. It was like I did it once or twice. So uh, Richard Dolan, folks, and uh, all his wonderful books. He's an author, historian, and a uf- I would say he's a re- researcher. I don't think he calls himself a ufologist. But we all go back. We have a good history, and uh, we are all got books. But, Ken, do you have your printout right there that you could real quickly mention your books for me? Because we're well, we're trying um, to get our information out. Do you have the printout? The no, I, I don't have it out, but I've got the books in front of me, and I've got uh, a few notes on them. Um, okay. The, the first Just book, mention them, the first please. Book when I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. Quick, uh, when I was um, finally given the opportunity to come out and, and put it all in documents, and the book that is, is called Ken's Moon, 
Um, and by the way, I got the, the, the term Ken's Moon or, or Moon from uh, Richard Hogan because he says it's a, a Japanese or Chinese way when they put sentences together instead of talking about the moon, et cetera, it's Ken's Moon. So, uh, and I'm revealing the dark missions um, of NASA is where I get into it. That's an autobiography. And then I, I, but I included documents all the way through the book from the time I was a little kid and the first uh, contact, really, of um, uh, crop circles, et cetera, all the way up to working at NASA. Thing. So it's, and then uh, some of the anomalies that we discovered that, that uh, of course, NASA didn't come forward with. So I published copies of the, of the pictures that I had in the archive, my Ken's archive. So that's that's out to to the public. That's a that's a 375 page book pretty good and then i got um um looking at trying to dig out some of the other history in my life and i was suggested that i go through a hypnotic regression and with dr sasha lesson and that's where we came up the first book is called the regression of a nasa whistleblower and i i didn't choose the title whistleblower but it, it nowadays it seems to be it's more of an accepted term because we're blowing the, the whistle on saying yeah, enough is enough let's get the truth out there and so that's um, that little book. Now, what we're working on right now is the book on um, uh, Ken's Moon part of the series. They're called uh, ex- uh, Traveling with Extraterrestrials, and that's going to come out of hypnotic regression as well as uh, a lot of events and things that took place in my life when I was young and coming all the way up through military academies and then the Marine Corps and then all the time with the government at NASA. So I think you're going to find them very, very revealing because I put – I, I can back up everything I say with documents and records and proof. So that's that's the difference I have with some of the people out there that, that tell their stories of what planet on the moon they went to, or if you want to call it that. But you know, it, I, there's there's too much truth out there for people to cloud it up with their own make-believe stories. Let's let's stick with the truth. So that kind of lets mm-hmm. you know. Hopefully, that next book will be out, and um, I'll have both of you, Bill and, and uh, TJ, to help me get it out there real quick. So, Bill, that's where I'm at, waiting. Yeah. Bill? Thank you. Uh, yes, and now, folks, we're going to uh, explain, and I need Bill to help me because he's got the book called The Open Walk, and I feel halfway responsible for that because we were doing this radio show, and we were more open-minded and getting a lot of naysayers coming in, but also the fact that we were doing spiritual science, and uh, we went back to all the world uh, religions and all those that have disappeared. Believe it or not, uh, there's been world religions that disappeared. And then I have the ancient cultures, ancient, uh, ancient origins, ancient culture origins. But I have many topics through the last 20 years. And we have the pyramid. We're going to promote pyramid, uh, the global pyramid conference that Marta, Tomp- Marta Thomas brings back out of Chicago so we'll be helping her we've really combined a lot of people in the ACO our alien contact org our uh, American communication online but it, it became a brand with the ACE folk life and now we've got to figure out how to break it down into various tracks that we can possibly present at a conference including UFO secret space and it may be a little different track than a lot of people are trying to follow. But if you'll notice that with uh, Corey Good and Emery Smith, Emery worked, at least in my reality, with Dr. Stephen Greer and for many years, uh, following the, the Dr. Stephen Greer track. 
And uh, that also came about because that was a controlled uh, track, our our history, our historical account. Now, uh, Dr. Michael Sala has his, and I really like his voice. He's come on here, and he was going to help me uh, with the William Tompkins, and he's writing his own book, I believe. And uh, we may do, Ken, I don't know, Ken and I may do one and pick up from there. So we're going to give you our best information that we can recall living it, living in this reality. And then there's the other side. Now, the science fiction and fantasy side is sometimes what we call, and the government likes this, because of the remote viewing and the conscious mind that goes into the conscious, subconscious, superconscious, are some people say five, beta, alpha, theta, delta, gamma, but we've added to seven, sigma, and tau with the extraterrestrials. And so a lot of people want us to talk more about the metaphysical than the woo-woo, and some people put the metaphysical in with the woo-woo in the new age, and because you go into a library, right? Uh, now, now this is your term to talk, talk uh, Bill, but, uh, you know, when we go to Amazon, and now they've gone direct to Kindle, for those of you guys that need to transfer your books, please do so. Transfer your books from Create Space and, and as the publisher through Amazon over to Kindle Publishing, please, because mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. But, uh, Bill, you're more up on that, and we're going to start doing everybody's channel, so please check out Richard Dolan Members' channel. But also check out Stephen Greer, see if that resonates with you, Dr. Stephen Greer, our Dr. Michael Sala. PhD, okay, and I imagine everybody's so busy writing their own books and finding out their own research, they don't have time to talk to the people unless they're going to these conferences and speaking and selling their books. So it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. And if you're into the Christian world, look at your TV evangelism and what are they doing? Selling books and CDs and asking for donations. So I don't see what the problem is. We're all getting education and communication out there. So over to you, Bill. Clean this up for me here. Okay. Yes, by the way, uh, that transitioning over from Create Space to Kindle is a very easy and painless process. I took care of mine uh, just a few days ago. Actually, uh, a couple of weeks ago. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's done. So, uh like TJ said, if you have if you have a book out there that you put out there with Create Space, then uh, uh, and you haven't done that, then then it's don't be intimidated. Just go take care of it. <laughs> Just follow the links that they give you, and because uh, they should send you an email about it with, with a link to uh, to go take care of it. Just just take care of it. But uh, but yeah, uh, self publishing is pretty much easier now than it ever has been, and. Uh, in all of our history. So uh, Amazon makes it fairly simple. And it's, uh, you, you can end up with, you know, good quality books. That, that's important, too, is just make sure your work is quality. Uh, you know, and just slap it together. You, you put a little work into it, and uh, you'll be rewarded for that work. Um, the... Uh, I, I am what about to... helping us between the 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 uh, autobiographies versus the 
science fiction version are the truth splendid in with a few pictures from Mars. But remember, NASA, where did you get the pictures from Mars? Did you take them yourself? And if you didn't, who has handled them? So get to be do your forensic, and that's what I was trying to tell. Uh, um, the first guy that came into this reality was Matteo Ianio or Ianio Matteo from Italy, and the television over there. So, as far as I'm concerned, the first Mars anomaly group was in Italy, and television over there <laughs> before it came to the states. Okay, but. That's in my reality, in on my Mandala effect, because he was the first one that got in contact with me about it and uh, wanted my help with all my websites and my putting it in the Internet. And I think he was sent through via the State Department's what I think, but, you know, who knows. Are some of the guys that in NSA or whoever controls the Internet nowadays, uh, because – I know what happened to me on Google, and they wouldn't let me tell him no and that I had to help him. And I had been having to translate. My Italians just – when I traveled the world, whether it was French, Italian, German, or whatever, it was just uh, military layman lessons, get you in and out, order food, you know, change change the money, you know, in and out of country. So I didn't learn a lot. It's just get in and get out. But anyway, this there's so much. This is so multi-layered, folks. Please know that we're going to get information out to you. It's going to be as we can, when we can, because we all have busy lives. But there are many levels to this uh, traveling with extraterrestrials with Ken Johnston and Teresa Morris and Bill M. Tracer. There's the other side, the consciousness side. And we're going to bring on uh, Ira Pastors has agreed to help us. But there's a whole lot of people in this ACO and this uh, Authors Club and the Ascension Center. And you notice David Wilcock is taking you full circle back to where he began with the Ascension. And we had a whole Ascension level, and that's not New Age. That is, back in the day with the people that lived it, there's truth to that too. There's a whole reality to that, to back to the 80s. Of course, we had Ascension on all that, but we can do a whole study on that. But even... uh, Bill M. Tracer made us some banners for this show and for that track. But let's get back. We've got about five minutes here, guys. Ken, do you want to come back and do this show every Friday for a while? See if you can remember to you want me to call you or what are we going to do? No more car wrecks. No say, more car wrecks. I was just going to say the same thing. Um, I think I'll probably, yeah, it sounds like it would be a good experience, not just for me, but uh, Hopefully, um, the people that uh, we get to talk to and get to present the information, they can make some contact with me and uh, help me bring up some more information, and then we'll we'll get it out to the world. And it's it's time. I'm, I'm two years ago I started claiming we are now getting into time of full disclosure. Now I'm hearing a lot of people are using the same expressions, so maybe I wasn't too far wrong. So yeah, I'll be more than happy to do it, and we'll do our part on disclosure. Well, everybody has to disclose to themselves based on the truth they find out that fits based on findings of fact. Now, where you get those findings of fact, you need to document date, time, etc. if it's important to you. So you've got the Internet, you have a cell phone if you don't get one, and get yourself inside the Internet, which is a virtual reality, folks. It's a virtual reality. 
It, it really is. But believe it or not, my kids now that have all cell phones and they're taking them to school, they're letting kids keep those in schools these days. And it's causing a lot of bullying, a lot of bullying that the parents don't know about. My own granddaughter, Kaylee, has had to go through that. And uh, it's been very upsetting to a lot of people. And uh, here in Gulf Breeze, and uh, there's a big ruckus about bullying in schools with cell phones and boys and girls. And their their chromosomes or hormones is, you know, at that age, they're in puberty. And they need to be listening to their teachers. So, you know, we need to have education one night on what really is happening in these schools and with the technology because – we're, we're, we can't live without it, but what's it doing? So there's the reality that we went from paper-based to electronic-based, digital, uh, and uh, we've all lived through it. But what is this doing, crossing one reality so fast into the present day for our children? And now, real quickly, we're going to go, but Ken, real quickly, you're working with like sea cadets like I did in, in, uh, in Waukegan or Sh- uh, Chicago, Washington. when I was with the Navy, or, or who are you work, working with? Yeah, Air Force people? I've been, I've, I've been involved with, with working with the youth all my life with the scouting programs and OIP, and right now uh, after Marine Corps, and then um, have wound up being invited to join the Civil Air Patrol, which is an auxiliary of, the, of our Air Force, and work with the, the youth they, from the ages of 12 years old up to 21. And uh, this is the teach them how to set goals and, and uh the, the whole part of, of space as well as search and rescue we're doing. A, you don't hear much about it when the airplane goes down someplace or somebody gets lost at sea, and we've got uh, civil air patrol people that are flying around and, and helping do the search. You, you don't hear much about us, but if you do the research yourself and find out, it's, it's been here since since uh, Pearl Harbor. And uh, so it's a great program, and I'm, I'm pleased to be a part of it. I'm a lieutenant colonel, and it doesn't hurt much to get down with the kids and help them set goals and learn things so i'm real proud of that well good and uh folks this traveling with extraterrestrials is going to get real but at what level of full disclosure you are that's the level you're going to get so pay attention to reality and then you decide which one is autobiographies versus science fiction because apparently at these conferences I've never been to, this is happening. They has crossed over from people following their spiritual guidelines to world religions to the catch-all, which I was guilty of. And I have a logo where I was had the Ascension Center in Hawaii, and that was back in 93. I think I filed it. Legally, as a nonprofit organization in Honolulu, Hawaii, Teresa J. Thurmond, and I'm sure I had a federal ID on it. it. May still be there, but I had that. And back in the 80s, we went through Unity Church and the Gold Pyramid with me and Stephen Halpern, and he was the godfather of a certain type of music. So none of this is new, and it has a historical value. And we'd like you to take it to the myths and legends and folk life you've heard, and we can you can record it for free and document it with the Smithsonian Institute, 
and look up ACE, A-C-E, and A-C-O, and we will be getting back with you every week here. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Ken. And, Ken, I hope if you want to come on Fridays, we're going to travel with extraterrestrials, folks, and we can get the other side. And he wants to do past life trans, uh, regression and uh, also a little just to see if what he remembers Bill M. Tracer, thank you so much. He represents our Authors Club and the Mid-South Con and radio right here with uh, TJ T Radio. And more importantly, we are sponsored by American Communications Online out of Gulf Breeze, Florida. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we will be back here tomorrow night with Bill M. Tracer. And, Ken, you're welcome to come tomorrow night. Uh, Bill, do you have any objection to that, to talking about oh, books and the open walk? It'd be, it'd be just fine if, if Ken wants to join us. Um, well, Ken, if you're available. A pleasure. I, I'll even keep my mouth shut most of the time if I can. <laughs> well, we'll put, we'll put open walk, and Ken, uh, we're going to be 6 to 8. That's 5 to 7 your time. Okay, right. that's uh, 8 o'clock. Eastern, 7 Mountain. Wait, no, 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 no. We're doing 6 to 8 <laughs> Central now. That's going to be 7 to 9 Eastern, so 7 p.m., all you New Yorkers, okay? All right, thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys, and we will see you tomorrow night, same time, same station. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Look forward to tomorrow night. See you tomorrow. Here we go.